Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. Um, this episode of, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we joked uh, beforehand, I don't want to get us sued. Uh, there's a new product that I've started to enjoy and it's, um, it's uh, marketed by a very well, well-known, very famous uh, Hollywood figure. And um, I love his product, but I don't want us to get sued. So enough said, anyhow. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Uh, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Carl Anthony, joined by my good friend and co-host, Gareth Nock. Gareth, how are you today, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I've been, I've been thinking over this question over the last like six days or whatever it's been. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited to uh, follow on the conversation from last week. Well, and, and so I guess just to recap, if this is the first episode that you're tuning in to listen to. Uh, we ended last week's show with a relatively poignant question. Um, we had talked a lot about, you know, self-awareness, mindfulness, and uh, how that translates into action. And one of the questions that I had asked Gareth, and, and this was very personal to me, uh, I can admit I'm not very good at it. And, and it will be revealed in a second. But I had asked you, um, how do you ensure that a bad moment, um, from an experiential standpoint, a bad moment or a bad day doesn't create toxicity in your overall ecosystem? And, and I'll, I'll elaborate on that a little bit. It, it, because that's where we left off. I, I think I'm correct. That's where we left off last week. Um, and to the listeners, it has actually been a week. We don't just sit in our studio and record 30 episodes because we want them to be relevant and topical. So we do record once a week. Anyhow, one of the things that I need to work on both personally and professionally is not allowing a bad moment or a bad day to create toxicity in my ecosystem. Um, I tend to internalize things very deeply and very profoundly. I am not very good at compartmentalizing. I am not very good at looking at a moment or an experience and coming up with a plan of action. Um, it usually takes me a day or two of sulking, and really not being very pleasant to be around, as my, my wife and my business partners will attest. So I'm looking for some mechanisms, mechanisms, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there, both personally and professionally, you're going to have bad days and bad moments in your life. Gareth, what are some of the resources that you've used throughout your life uh, to prevent this from, from, from occurring? Yeah, it was such a good question. And I had so many thoughts swimming around in my brain last week. So that's why I've made everybody wait. Uh, so I hope you've been uh, hanging on, uh, waiting for the last week to hear the answer. But first of all, it, I love you. I always love your courage to, to be so open and authentically you. And I know that that will resonate with so many people listening because so many people are going to be in the same place, right? You're on a roll. You feel like you're on this like upward trajectory and then something happens and it derails everything. And, and we all experience this. And let's be clear, so do I. Um, I might think I have a few answers here, but 
I'm the same in those experiences and and we're all there. And I think I'd said something along the, the what triggered the question was I'd said, we're all good at good days, right? When it's good, you don't think about it. You don't have to be good at good days. It's how do we get better at the days that aren't like that? And it, and first and foremost, I think to to come to the first point that's so important that you made is you don't have to make those moments good. Like you kind of mentioned how I might have to sulk for a day or two. Great. And sulk for a day or two. If you have to, you're being mindful and self-aware enough to see how that affects everyone around you. But I don't think we have to, we're in this mindset and this is especially for men, but I'm sure there's women listening that, you know, experience this too, is we try and fix everything. It doesn't need to be fixed. Like if you're having a crappy day, sometimes you just have to have the crappy day, but you have to be able to get better at dealing with that crappy day. So it doesn't become a crappy week, right? So I think the first thing is acknowledge it and to some degree, let it be. Because when we let it be, then we've got time to process that. And I think we are, we're entitled to all of our emotions. We just have to, how do we get more of the emotions that we want to be in, right? The ones that are productive and that push us forward. So let it be and sit in it. Now, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean on what works for me and works for many people that I've worked with. And I think the way we handle those days in business and in life, it comes back to the metrics. And we spoke about this earlier on in, the, you know, in, in another episode. You have to have some sort of tracking, some sort of metric, some sort of KPI. Like if you're looking at your business, like we track business, why do we not track our lives? In the same way, we look at those key performance index and we say, okay, we've done this, this, and this. And this is something else we've said for many years in our conversations is history leaves clues. So let's use a business example. You, you're having a, a terrible month, revenues down. You're like, how do I get enough income to pay the bills and pay my you know, employees or whatever it is? And then we get stuck in that cycle. However, if you, the first thing you'd probably do is take a look back and say, all right, well, what happened in which beginning of November. So what happened in October last year? You have a look back and you say, oh, it was a quiet month. But November, we doubled our revenue. Or you look back at the key things that happened, right? Here's where we made great successes when we applied this system or we applied this marketing approach. As we go back and we look at metrics and we track, okay? This is the same. Let's use a fitness example. I have clients that might have a month where they come to me, let's say easy one for people to understand a weight loss goal. They have a month where they say, uh, well, I, I'm feeling, you know, they check in with me and they say, don't feel great this week. You know, my motivation's low. I didn't lose any weight the last two weeks. I stayed the same. I say, great, let's go back. How was the last month? Oh, I see you consistently. You, you lost three pounds the week, month before it was four, whatever it might be. And you track back and you're like, right, now you can see success isn't linear but you can see the last six months you've made these progressions. So maybe we tweak things. Maybe we just do nothing and we wait till next month, but history leaves clues. And that's where the tracking and the metrics come in. Now, I know what some people might be listening and saying, well, but it's my life. It's just how I feel. Where's there a metric? Where's there a KPI on this? And it is something that I've been doing for the last two years that has made a big impact for me. It's not made it perfect. I, two years ago, the beginning January 1st, 2020, I began writing a journal and this is because By the way, you can say it. you began journaling journaling. <laughs> <laughs> I began journaling hashtag uh, and every single day. And I'd fought with this for years and we've talked about it before and the listeners might be new to this, but I've tried this journey of 
of, of writing stuff down and it never really worked for me. It was overwhelming. I had anxiety around it and I just, it, it didn't feel authentic or right for me. However, I found something that did work and I've been able to do that every single day for nearly two years. And it's become my KPI. It's become mm. my metric system. And it, I know that if I go back one year, one week, one month, and I look at all those moments, for example, I have a crappy parenting day and I scream at my kid for something, or I, you know, I, I shame my kid for something, whatever it might be. I look back and I'm like, look at all these days where I recorded these great moments where I taught wonderful lessons and we, we learned together and we shared experiences. And I'm like, if I can find 10 of these examples in the last month, this one thing is not going to wreck everything. Yeah, I did a crap job. Yeah, I accepted it. Yeah, I made note of it. So I remember what happened and maybe what triggered it. And then I move on. And that's been my way of, I guess, shortening the amount of time it takes to move on to that next thing. And it's also worked in business. Um, and actually last month, not last month, the month before is an example of that for me. And what's a really busy month in fitness, we didn't do very well. However, we just have one of our best months ever in October because I looked back and compared that. So right. I think it works on both examples and it all comes down to how are you tracking your life? Mm. And I think there's, that's really, really well articulated. Um, I know you're saying it was one of my favorite quotes, history leaves clues. And, and the way that translates for me is whether it's journaling or, um, you know, any other sort of moments of reflection, uh, meditation, whatever you use, I think it'll help start to understand cause. So, you know, you can create some correlations between, you know, if, if you've had a bad day or a bad moment, or you've made a series of poor choices, you, as it, as opposed to it being something that is without cause and simply coincidental and perhaps not easy to identify and subsequently avoid making that those same poor choices again if you look back and you can create an understanding of cause i think you it helps you avoid it helps you avoid those bad moments or at least that bad moment so i i like that because you're right and your your analogy comparing it to business is is so bang on you know you have you have monthly reports, quarterly reports, annual reports. You have, you know, human resource 360s. You have, um, you know, if you're a public company, board-related board meetings. I mean, there's there's all of these metrics and conversations happening within this massive internal machine to make sure that there are no, you know, uh-oh moments. So you're right, Gareth. Why don't we do that with ourselves? You know, and uh, I've tried to journal. I lasted two pages. Um, I I think I'm a natural internal conversationalist. Many hours laying awake in bed at night, talking to myself internally. That's sort of my version of journaling. And I think whatever works for anybody but there's got to be something. Agreed. And I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you a little bit on that. And the reason I say that is you're as incredible as our mind and our brain and those internal conversations are. The reason why 
I think it changed me in recording it is because you will simply feed your own bias. Mm. So you will have those conversations and I know well enough to know exactly what those conversations are like. And we all do this. We then feed our bias and we say, and then you convince yourself that there's been 20 of these days that have been crappy and have made poor choices against, or maybe there was one day last month where I made a good choice. Yeah. Reality metrics, right? Because yeah. And you can, and, and maybe it isn't a journal. Maybe it's a, maybe you do a voice note on your phone. Like it, it's whatever it is. It's, it, I just think sometimes for me, this is how, what, what I do. I convince myself that it's a, I made a poor choice and it's made my life bad and everything's terrible. And, and it's so easy to feed that narrative. Right. So yeah. to go back and go, wow, that's what I actually wrote. And I can't lie. Well, I can't, I could scribble it out, I guess, but the reality is it's there written down. Sure. And it is also, I mean, if you're like many other busy professionals, uh, you know, I don't remember breakfast yesterday. So, yeah. you know, how, how can there be a learning moment? How can there be, you know, we've talked about being addicted to growth. You know, how can there be opportunities for growth if you don't remember the conversations you're having? And you're right, you do create biases. And the reason I giggled is because it makes me think of if you're, you know, anytime you're doing a Google search, whatever answer you, you genuinely want, if you search long enough, you'll find that answer. And whether it's true or not, it's an answer that aligns with what you think you want, right? Like if, if you want to find an article that says cigarette smoking is good for your health, you'll find it and then you'll sleep well that night because you've been validated. Oftentimes internal conversations, they can be that same thing, right? You'll, yeah. you'll create those biases and those justifications. Yeah. And I think as well, the opposite is true too, right? Like we spoke about how, you know, we, we, we touched on the self self love versus self awareness and how, you know, they have to work hand in hand is somebody might be, it might be deluded enough to believe that, they're doing this incredible job where maybe they're leaving this like, you know, trail of chaos behind them right. where they're just not enough self-aware enough to see that. I don't think yeah. that's the majority of people, but I believe that it's a possibility. I'd love yeah. to share something. I think a lot of people would resonate. So I'll ask you a question and then I'll, I'll see if we, we get to my, to my point I'm going to share. Why do you find that journaling doesn't last for you? Um, I think not, I think lazy Okay. when it's here's what I would equate it to. And, and, and it, it this is why journaling's thus far been a bit of a dichotomy. If I didn't work out, so I, I work out every day, pretty much five, six days a week. And I work out early in the morning. And I do that for a number of reasons, but not the least of which is then it's done. I, I can't make excuses. Life can't get in the way. No other priorities exist. Quite frankly, at five in the morning, nothing else exists. So with journaling, I think for me, when it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I've got you know, option A is invest five minutes in journaling. Option B is go to sleep. It just becomes deprioritized. And the reason why that's ironic is you can't 
make a journal entry until your day has ended and there's you know there's substance to reflect on but when my day has ended i want it to end so i think for me i just need to find a way to prioritize it so that it's maybe it's not like a bedside thing maybe it's once the kids are in bed and before we put a movie on something like that yeah because i am intrigued i think i think that's a lot of people and i think it becomes it becomes overwhelming how do i write you know i've got to write this whole page i've got to review my day i'm already tired it's hazy you know and all those things come up i would agree the end of the day is my preference however i will anyone listening i challenge you to do this for a period of time and i tell you now 3 minutes will change your life okay what you're going to do it's going to get a book, a journal. I don't care, a scrap of paper, your phone, whatever it is. Ideally, not your phone because you don't want to be looking at your phone screen right before bed. But grab yourself a notepad and you're going to, on three lines, you're going to write one, you're going to write a P, an E. And I got to write this down. And a G, a P, an E, and a G, okay, on three lines. And like all vertically. You, yeah, vertically. Be P, E, G. Correct. So okay. three lines, three letters. And all you're going to do before you go to sleep at night is you're going to write one thing you're proud of. You're going to write one thing or one area you can evolve in. And this can be one word. It can be you know less than a line, though. It has to fit on that line. Yeah. And then you're going to write one thing you're grateful for. Mm. It will take you, it will not take you more than three minutes. It often takes me less than two. And when you say proud of, do you try to keep it specific to that one 24-hour period? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So each each PEG is specific to that day. Yep. Okay. Previous 24 hours, what have I done? I'm proud of. And it might just be I made it through the day and got here. And that could be and, it. And that could be that day where it's crappy, right? And was that or this this peg exercise was that how journaling started for you and then did it evolve ironically e evolve into you know written word it's this it's this in regards to starting it starting it january 1st 2020 this is how it started right. um, but i'd played around with all these ideas and i was trying to write some things i was grateful for i wasn't getting anywhere a good friend of mine shared that he was, he was told by a mentor of his to write a brag book where you just brag about yourself in there every day. And I was like, well, maybe I can evolve this. And for me, it came about because as a, as a man- you're so good at saying nice things about yourself. So good. Um, for me, it was about before I, the reason it's done like that is because before I can share some gratitude and I'm like, what am I grateful for? And I, I need to think of what have I done? that I'm proud of first. That puts me in the right. right headspace. The evolution part for me is always, I could do better. I've done this and I'm really proud of myself, but I can do better. Where else can I improve myself? Because I'm addicted to growth. We spoke about this. So for me, being able to write one thing had to come with something else. And that's yeah. why I think changed it for me. Um, well, I accept your challenge because I don't <laughs> back down from anything. So I accept your challenge and I'll start it tonight. There you go. And everyone listening, if you're starting it, send us a note. Let us know because we're, well, and, I'm intrigued. Just to reiterate, there's a lot of people that, and 
I'm not categorizing myself as one of them. Let me be clear. But there's a lot of people that would think, oh, you know, journaling, you know, next is, you know, patchouli and granola and incense. Like, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, if we actually, and I'm, I'm completely stealing what you said a few minutes ago. So please forgive me for just reiterating, but it was such a great point. There is not a successful ecosystem in the world. And I'm specifically referring to business, um, organizations, uh, churches, communities, uh, uh, gangs, uh, organized crime, prisons, like there's not a successful ecosystem in the world that doesn't take metrics and review them and augment their course based on those metrics. Not one. And if there is one, it's by accident. And it's probably by the end of this podcast, doesn't exist anymore. Like it's short-lived. It's not sustainable. So, you know, Put the patchouli down and understand that this is this is this is not hocus pocus. Every successful ecosystem in existence ever understands how they got to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. So treat treat yourself as though you were a billion dollar company. Yeah. And I think that's how how I kind of found that the sweet spot with it and and kind of removed some of the what I consider to be the fluff around that sort of practice, right? Whether it's journeying or something similar, you know, it can feel a bit woo-woo and and that's kind of how I got around it, right? It was simple. I knew there were three points to it. It was very specific. And you made a good point about, you know, you mentioned ecosystems, which we talk about a lot, is I think it's important to say those three things can be, they don't have to be macro. They can be very specific to one part of your ecosystem. Yeah. I was a very caring and empathetic parent today. Where I can evolve is I could do a better job of, tracking our revenue numbers in the business it can be yeah. something completely separate right i could be grateful for i don't know the 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 walk i got to have with the dog this morning like they can be completely separate as long as they're obviously contained specifically within your ecosystem and they're about you because it yeah. is about you yeah i i wonder if my 11 year old would be uh because this is so you know brief and succinct i wonder if he'd be down with this this, this could be interesting for an 11 year old who, you know, he's a young man and he's coming into some really formative years and let's <laughs> teenagers are not known for um, understanding why they do what they do. They're typically impulsive and generally out of control. And, and there's obviously exceptions. So it'd be an interesting exercise for a young man or, or young woman to, to do, you know, each day, what are they proud of? How could they evolve? You know, how, what, what, how did you put it, Gareth? Evolving in, in what way could they evolve? Yeah. Yep. And, and what are they grateful for? Um, because I think so real quick, uh, we got about, about 10 minutes or so left. I won't go into detail because we talked off air, but it makes me think of last last weekend. Uh, my son had a basketball tournament. He's uh, he's a 
a ridiculously good basketball player. And the long story short is, is he got, um, he got squashed and he got quite, quite badly hurt. Um, and they had some time in between games. So, you know, he and I did a lot of, a lot of communicating, a lot of talking, a lot of parental support and love, but, you know, he found it within, within himself to, you know, dust himself off. And he played, he went back and he played for his second game because he was scared. He was really afraid of, you know, getting into another altercation. He was afraid of what might happen. And lo and behold, he went out and he had the best game of his life. He scored the most points. He was the most powerful on defense and assists, et cetera. By, by every metric, he, he excelled. He achieved all metrics that he had not achieved before. And he did so, in my opinion, he did so because he faced adversity uh, because he understood why that adversity existed and because with love and support and his own interpersonal strength and moral fabric, he was able to develop a plan. He implemented that plan and was profoundly successful. And that was one of those moments. And I know that you have them frequently with, with your daughter. That was one of those moments where the child was the teacher. Cause I, I, you know, parents talk a big game as, as do executives and bosses, but oftentimes one of the most beautiful moments is when a subordinate teaches you something. And that's, that's when my kid taught me, wow, the power of overcoming adversity and what a, what a profound springboard that can be uh, to accomplish greatness, which he did. So that, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start this tonight, the, the peg P E G and I'm going to get him to start it as well. Yeah, I love it. And I was just when you were when you were saying that earlier about, you know, kids and, you know, that might be something that, you know, from a metric standpoint, I think 11 is probably a is probably a suitable time. I think there's an understanding and there's some logic with brain development. I think if you're listening and got younger kids like I have a five year old is that can just start with a conversation. Sit, yeah. share, share something like, like, what are you grateful for today at the end of our day before bed? You know, what, what did you do? What did you do today while you were at school that you were proud of? Yeah. Or if she shares something, I was like to say, you know, that that sounds like an incredible achievement. Are you proud of yourself for that? And you can yeah. start these conversations, right? But then we're always saying, hey, you did, you know, you told me about this, this, and this. How do you think you could do that better next time? Right. Well, how do you think you could play better with your friends? How do you, you know, how could you change your experience in something? So I think you can start it with the conversation and then yeah. build it into the written word. And that's no, not that I'm comparing you to a toddler, but no different than the conversation <laughs> we just had. <laughs> okay. It started with a conversation in your head and now maybe it can move to that written metric. So it's tracked. Sorry. Do I have any red marks on my cheek from that backhanded compliment? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, here's some, here's some, um, some shameless, uh, some shameless self-referencing, you know, the, the, the mantra for this, for this show is, you know, conversations are the vision you have becoming the version you are. So, you know, whether it's journaling, whether it's conversations, whether it's board meetings, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, annual reports whatever it is that we're talking about 
in in business, in life, in parenting, in excuse me, I'm going to sneeze, in friendship, in in any, I'll repeat this, in any measurable ecosystem, um, that awareness is. And here, look how genius you are. We really we've circled this all back to self awareness. Yeah, I mean, these conversations, peg, board meeting, whatever personal or professional it's all about awareness yeah yeah well and and something else that i think is a great place to to wrap up well, i 100 agree with you it all comes back to that and these conversations make us aware so like you know i might be that boring personality type where i, I track things so like i love tracking things like it's in my personality but i also understand i coach i've coached thousands of people and it is a slightly different way of tracking so to your point sometimes it is those conversations it's just we got, we got to play with it, right? We got to find it. I had to do it. I had to find the right way. So I think you have to take the information, you have to digest it. But what's powerful is who you surround yourself with. You, you spoke about your parenting conversation at the weekend and how much you learned on the flip of doing great parenting, what you also learned and got in return. These conversations over the last six weeks, multiple times when I've sat down and done that journal, I have written down how grateful I am for these conversations. Yeah. Right. Because that's something like I'm aware that how I, you know, who I surround myself with makes a massive impact on yep. my awareness, which makes an impact on, Oh, I've come up with this incredible journey, a journaling idea that's changed my life. So take note, t- do a little audit of your life and just see who you're surrounded by and see if those, you know, that ecosystem you're creating is feeding that evolution yeah. of you as a person. And, and it- perhaps in closing we'll leave you with with some homework and and that word audit it's such a perfect word over the next week um over the next week before we before you listen to next week's episode over the next week think of so you know I, i'm gonna go ahead and try this peg exercise uh but think of your job you know think of because I, I, I'm just thinking of so many, so many candidates that I work with that hate their jobs. And, you know, if you don't quite understand what we're talking about when we say ecosystem and metrics and self-awareness and self-love, it's, if, that's, if that's too much for you to embrace right now, then make it completely tactile and completely metric-based and sit down and audit, you know, audit your employment, audit uh, you know, what are you proud of in, in a day of work? How could you evolve in a day of work? And what are you grateful for in a day of work? And if you've, if you flipping through just a bunch of blank pages, <laughs> it might be time to make a change. Um, and oh, thank you, by the way, for the surround yourself. That's, uh, that is the Anthony group. Uh, anyone that's um, worked with us, if you go to our website, um, all my email signatures, it's surround yourself with exceptional people. Because isn't it, it's just life's just so much easier when you're not surrounded by people that are, are, are negative and angry and toxic. And maybe none of those things, but they could just be misaligned with your own growth. So... Um, anything else? I, I don't want to wrap it up if you've got something else to say. No, I will just finish by saying this is 
definitely my favorite episode so far. That's all I have to say. I appreciate everyone listening. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Gareth. Um, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, please consider subscribing. And uh, yeah, we'll check you. Uh, we'll check you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.